Hello and welcome to the return of the cane violation. Took a short hiatus, you know, a little, just a quick six-month hiatus, that's all, you know. Had had a couple things going on, but you know what? We're back for the NBA playoffs, and we have a guest who has been on the show many times. Cousin Alex is back. What's up, Alex? It's good to be back, Sammy. What's up, dude? Alex, you are married now. Married oh man, six months. Oh, my God. My God. No, we're, we're both married. We're, we're, we're getting old. And uh, one thing that just stays the same is that uh, the Celtics are still pissing us off. <laughs> yeah, the last time we potted, I was an engaged man, but still just as mad about the Celtics. <laughs> right? I know we didn't do anything for the playoffs last year, but I think we did an episode like at the very beginning of when the Celtics started to turn things around. Yep. Last year. And it was horribly timed. Yeah, because I think we wanted to do a recording of like hating on them, but then we waited for too long and like two weeks later the they start going on a winning streak and we're like, Oh my god, they're actually playing okay. Yeah, no, they went scorched earth after we completely ripped them down in that pot. We did the yeah. pot around the trade deadline because I remember we talked about Derek White and mm. I think we, were, we we had a little positive outlook on it because of him. Like it seemed like all was up from there. They had a couple wins. I remember I, I went to the Nuggets game with my buddy Deuce. And they won that one in his first game, and they looked really good. And I think we potted shortly after, uh, so I think right. that probably lines up. But we still ripped into Tatum and Brown as much as we always do. We did, yep. Grant Williams as well. And, you know, really looking back at it, I, I think it's kind of fair. Like, yes, we were we were harsh on Tatum, but, you know, I don't know. And sometimes... He's uh, just, you know, kind of blowing it at the end of games. And uh, he certainly didn't really show up in the finals last year. Now, maybe he was injured. I don't know. I don't know. He was tired. He was... Yeah, he was it, it was. His, his energy, but well, his energy's always terrible. He's just a naturally lethargic guy. But in mm-hmm. that finals, I think the whole team was a little worn down. What'd they go? They went uh, sweep 7-7, seven, seven, right? Or was it sweep? That seven six. I think it was sweep seven seven. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, who was first round last? Yeah, it was, it was Nets. the Nets. Yeah, that was, was a sweep. It was still a tough series, but a sweep. And then the box was definitely seven. We got the Grant Williams game, and then the mm-hmm. Heat. The Heat was seven, right? Am I crazy? Yeah, because yeah, Butler th- went crazy in six to four seven. Yep. Yeah, and and then he nearly won game seven with that three that he nearly hit i think it was like halfway down yep yeah yeah that that was i think after a couple smart turnovers yeah and we were i think we were up 10 points with uh three minutes left or something and they they almost totally blew that would have been just that would have been a absolute killer for this group they they wouldn't have recovered from that if they lost that series yeah you wonder how things would have gone like if they would have like blown uh eh, maybe they wouldn't have blown up the team but it certainly would not have been a good sign for the future 
Ime was currently in an affair. He was in an affair at that point. So we were heading down the tubes anyway. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I don't mind Missoula that much, but Udoka is the superior coach. And it's definitely, it, it's, it's pretty obvious when you watch the team, just the different look they have now compared to what they had last year. They were swallowing teams on defense last year. And now they're shooting just infinite threes. They don't really play as well defense. It's just a scoring contest, shooting contest, three-point contest. Back last right. year, the defense was absolutely suffocating. And if they had the legs in the finals, I think they would have. They should have won that finals. It's really disappointing that they didn't. But that was a really well-coached Celtics team the whole postseason, and especially the, since the trade deadline on. Yeah, like, Hidoka really... I, th- I think they were legitimately, like, afraid. They, like, they respected him, but, like, I'm sure he would scare the living daylights out of them when they screwed up because, like, he's, like, their size. He was a basketball player, and he knew his stuff. Yeah, and... he got on them. It was pretty mm-hmm. obvious. He, he was commanding. He, he was perfect for the group we have. Yeah, and and even with that, they would still screw up. Yeah, they're just naturally dumb. They are, man. Like, oh my God. So we're recording this on Thursday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you all. May the 4th um, be with everyone. Yep. So uh, the series between the Celtics and Sixers, it's one and one. Game three is tomorrow. So... Oh, obviously, we would probably be a lot more harsh on the team if we <laughs> recorded this uh, before last night's game. Oh, I would have buried them. Yeah, I think we can still be harsh on them. That that blowout last night does not forgive the shit that they did at the end of game one. Yeah, and there's an interesting statistic. Teams that home teams in the playoffs that lose game one. I think there it's 15 straight now have won game two. So, I mean, just based on the statistics, that game was a layup. There was no excuse to even make it close. I'm glad that they blew them out. But I think game one was definitely more alarming than game two was reassuring. Right. Yeah, I mean, so the first half of game one, they shot the ball like crazy. I think 80%, they were shooting... I think? that's insane and the and the game was still close so i mean that tells you that tells you they're not playing any defense they're not playing Uh, a lick of defense and the shots are the miracle shots are just falling i mean a lot of those like they're not covering the three-point line well they're getting a lot of open threes and they're not protecting the paint well somehow which doesn't make any sense but a lot of those three-pointers are just miracle threes and it's a different season i mean the scoring numbers are at an all-time high teams are just chucking threes but switch the 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 change in this year to last year is pretty stark and it's definitely not the style that i like to watch but you know i mean if they're if the threes are falling then they're gonna just run teams out of the building even withstanding bad defense yeah i mean last night the third quarter was insane how many how many threes everything was falling yeah so but that's not going to happen every night. So it's like, uh, you can't rely on that. So I don't know. I 
I hope they they have turned the corner, as they say. But uh, I don't know. I still don't trust them. I, I, can't I really say don't. I trust In a close them. game, I don't trust them at all because of that lack of defense. They can't get the stops, and they have to. And a big part of Missoula being kind of a disaster of a coach is that he can't draw up a final play. He can't figure out how to manage the last two minutes of a game. We seem to always do the opposite of what we should be doing. I think the I feel like the last doesn't it seem like the last five inbounds plays we've had with like under ten seconds left to either win or tie the game. I don't think we've gotten a shot up in the last five times. I, I seriously don't. I would love to see that stat. I probably should have looked before saying that. But I, I don't think they've gotten a shot up though. Like every time I look think back to what they did it took forever. They brought it to the last five. They brought it to like the fifth second, barely got the inbounds in. Tatum and Brown are nowhere to be found most of the time, and it's either a turnover or just a turnover. I don't think they've gotten a shot up. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed the same thing, but I miss the Brad end-of-game plays that were real difference makers. And uh, oh my Brad God, coaching yes. is just a completely different story than like what we have now. The game management at the end of games is horrible. Combine that with a really dumb team then it's not good. Yeah, I miss the Brad Stevens, like, 2015 season, like, end-of-game plays when, like, uh, Tyler Zeller <laughs> would just randomly get game winners. Like, he would just do stuff that's out of the box. And yeah, it would catch teams it's... off guard. I remember a couple of Horford ones where he mm-hmm. got Horford open for layups, a couple of smart, crazy ones. There's there yeah. there were just creative plays then that kept the other team on their toes. It wasn't so telegraphed, and the guys executed, which they don't seem to be doing anymore. They're just winning you know based on pure talent and not execution. It's true, and I am so freaking sick of uh, these these Tatum attempted game winners like winding down the clock him taking the last shot i i it never seems to go in nope never i feel like and they're usually not even great looks i don't know but but i don't know i've 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 said this on reddit and people are like what are you talking about if you look at the stats he's so clutch yeah the stats do back him up but that's misleading because i think it's like final two minutes yeah. And may- maybe it is final 30 seconds. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like that as someone who watches all the games. And it's just, it's choppy. There's, it's not even like a good shot. It's never, it's never like a wow. I like it missed, but like it was a good, it was a good attempt. It's always a terrible attempt. Mm-hmm. If they end up winning the finals this year, I don't know if I'm going to really want to watch them much next year. Like I'm just kind of like so sick of this team. Yeah, me too. It really, like you said earlier, like how fun the 2015 team was. Just that whole era, the Isaiah Thomas era, the Brad Stevens era, that was infinitely more fun. And then it kind of crescendoed with that season that Kyrie and Gordon Hayward got hurt and we were making it to game seven of the ECF against... Mm-hmm. Pretty much prime LeBron with Terry Rozier, smart, ta- rookie Tatum, second-year Brown. It was just insane. Yeah, that that was a really fun team. Ugh, they were so close to the finals. Yeah, they were much more likable. 
And it even mm-hmm. though the like that's just the the talent they just didn't have the high end talent that you need to get to the finals. And then now we're just the total opposite. We have the high end talent, all the talent in the world, probably the most talented team in the league by far, but they don't execute. It seems like they play lazy, especially Tatum. A couple, like a bunch of lazy turnovers. It doesn't seem like other teams oh have God. such a hard time closing out games like we do. And then, yeah, the possession. I think the in game one, the possession that stood out to me was I think we were up five with about a minute and a half left, maybe two minutes left, and. We pretty it was pretty much you can you can end the game right there with a good bucket because you make it either seven or eight it's three possessions it's kind of just lights out unless you totally choke free throws but I remember Tatum dribbling out for the whole twenty seconds the last three seconds kind of just bobbles the ball around loses it I think he tried to pass it and it got tipped right back to him and he did a like a fadeaway bank off like the side of the rim. It was just not even close. And I was like, oh, yep, now the Sixers are going to come back because we're just going to waste that possession, burning clock for no reason when we should just be trying to execute and score and put the game away, not not worrying about burning the whole shot clock. And it's just, it's just really frustrating watching him try to navigate how to close a game. He just doesn't have that, as talented as he is, he doesn't have that killer mentality to close out a team, which it mm-hmm. seems like he does because, like, Throughout a game, he'll just absolutely go ballistic with, and he can get 50 points at will if he needed, like if he really wants to. He's that talented. He can get at least 30, 40, and just bury a team that way. But when it comes down to the last two minutes where he has to really create and make something happen for either a teammate or for himself, then he just, he really struggles with that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's something he just needs to learn, but I mean, I. He's only 25, but, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, he's not 19 Uh, anymore. Yeah. Is there anyone who you feel like should be playing at the end of games who isn't? Because I know there's there's a little controversy with, you know, Derek White not finishing games, even though he's Yeah, I didn't love love the Brogdon over White to close out the game in game one. Uh, White's been kind of off this series. He he brought it back a little bit last game. Mm-hmm. But I still think in game one, even if he's cold, he, he should be closing games. I mean, it's always size dependent and like lineup dependent with Missoula. He can't just have a closing five consistently for whatever reason. Right. But in my opinion, it should always be White. Probably smart unless teams are going really big. So it should be White, Smart, Tatum, Brown, and then just depending who the center is on the other team, either Horford or Rob. I think it's pretty much that simple. And I love Brogdon, sixth man of the year. He's great. He was great last night. Mm-hmm. Really kind of put them over the top last night with the shooting. But that's more what he should be for us. He should be a, like, throughout the game with the second with the second group where it's not even like that anymore, really. Like, they kind of stagger the starters a lot. But he should be with the second unit, just kind of whipping work on the, you know, and throughout the meat of the game and not at the end when we should have our best five players out there, which in my opinion, it's White, Smart, Tatum, Brown, and then just either Horford or Rob, which is just like opposition center dependent. This was pointed out on the Bill Simmons podcast for game one. So Embiid didn't play. They had Paul Reed out there. So... 
they were saying, why would you have Horford out there? And I kind of agree with them. You don't really need Horford for Paul Reed. You could have just gone super small because what it, I guess Horford guarding Harden at the end of game one was what kind of lost us the game. You probably yeah. want someone smaller on Harden. Even though Horford is a good defender, yeah, and but. he that that was good def like that's what I was talking about earlier. Like that was a miracle shot. Like that was good yeah. defense. Like there, I have no complaints about Horford there. He and he's willing to do that, which I love. You know, and not, right. like a lot of bigs, they would just kind of you know, Harden would just cook them, either blowing by them or stepping back without a real contest. But he's actually mm-hmm. able to get up there and contest it, not even close to fouling, which Harden always kind of tries to draw. So oh, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't mind Horford in that situation, but I, I kind of get what you like. I wouldn't hate just going all small, like you're saying, Brogdon over Horford there, or like well, a Grant he, Williams. Was Brogdon out there? Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. So like White, like so you're just going White, Smart, Brogdon, Tatum, Brown. In in a perfect world, I mean Tatum is seven feet, like. If you like, he's in person. He looks like he's seven feet. He's wider. He's got longer arms than everyone. He's bigger than everyone. In a perfect world, yeah. he would just be able to be like a hybrid center on defense when we need him to be. If we're trying to go small, you know. And it's another thing that's just really fucking unfortunate about Tatum is that he, for some reason, just can't do that. Even though he's probably bigger than Paul Reed. So it's that that would be great if we could just go micro lineup with Brogdon, White, Smart. Brown and Tatum, but they just won't do that. It's just not really in their philosophy. No, we we really haven't seen it at all this season. I don't think we've seen it once, right? I don't think that's even. No, no, there's always been a big out there. Yeah, whether it be Grant or Muscala or Cornette or Horford or Rob. Let's do 10 minutes for any team in the, the East. Um, what the hell is is going on? I can't believe that uh, they the Heat won against the Bucks. So the last eighth seed to be a number one seed was uh, Warriors. Eleven years. Uh, uh, I was. It oh, was, Grizzlies Spurs. No, it was a Sixers Bulls in 2012. But part oh, of me wow. like wonders whether you should count that because of the lockout season. But that, yeah, that's when Derrick Rose got injured, and then we ended up playing the Sixers in the second round. Oh yeah, I remember that. We almost lost to them, I think. Yeah, yeah they had I Drew Holiday. To... I'm pretty sure. And... Yep, yep. I I went Andre to game Iguodala. six. Yep, Iguodala. They had uh, Thad Young, Lou Williams. Oh uh... yeah, yep. I I will say though you probably I'm wondering if you feel the same way. I don't think the Bucks are very good. And I think their their one seed was a little it seemed a little fluky. I mean, we just beat them by 40 points 3 weeks ago. And they were full yeah. strength. Yeah, I always wondered that too because they seem so top heavy. Obviously Giannis is good. Middleton's been a little off. Drew Holiday has had a great season. Um, Brooke Lopez, obviously, playing great defense. But uh, just looking at their bench, I was like, really? Like, some of these guys are all right, but 
don't know. Oh, you don't they, like Grayson don't... Allen Euro stepping as the the buzzer sounds to uh, end the series? Uh... <laughs> oh my god, I hate looking at that guy. <laughs> or did you see Reggie Miller say that Bobby Portis would start on every team in the NBA? Oh yeah. <laughs> That was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah Reggie has has screwed up a few few calls. He I, I think he he accidentally referred to um the Celtics as the Sixers either, Wouldn't either surprise last me. night or the night before. Yeah. And then whoever was with him, probably Kevin Harlan. Yeah, that rat Kevin Harlan. Speaking of which, did he couldn't it's very obvious that he doesn't like the Celtics. And it's very, very frustrating. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Oh, yeah, I have. A lot of Celtic haters. Even Van Gundy, both Van Gundys don't really seem to like us very much. No, but I, I respect them. I like Jeff Van Gundy. He cracks me up. <laughs> he is funny. I remember in the Celtics Heat series from 2012, I think he said, uh, I think Michael Petrus. Air France. Yes, yes, Air France. It was so obviously a flop. And Van Gundy's like, he should be fined a million dollars for doing that. <laughs> yeah, he's been kind of at the forefront of the uh, anti-flop movement. He hates it, which I do love. Because the, the flopping and the offensive fouls, and it's just gotten out of control. The waving the fingers, mm -hmm. it's really, really terrible now kind of got lucky in this series so far there hasn't really been that much n need for any of that i mean i don't think the sixers shot a free throw in the first half the other day no i i know i don't think anyone shot a free throw every shot was going in they didn't need to yeah right yeah who do you think would be the mvp in the east right now for the playoffs just the playoffs definitely jimmy butler he ruined Mike Budenholzer's career. Literally got him fired. So we're recording this about two hours after Mike Budenholzer got fired? He's a good coach, but I think that it was pretty deserved. He was already on the hot seat the championship year. Yeah, they lost well. that. I, don't, I think it was championship or he was gone. And they right. he pretty much just delayed his firing for two years because I think they wanted him out anyway. Well, I have no idea, but... It seemed like the writing was on the wall that he was gone if they didn't win that championship. And you can't fire a coach after winning a championship. No, no, you definitely can't. It's crazy. I was at that Game 7 Nets-Bucks series 2021. Mm, the foot on the they line? Were, they were, yes. How did that look so live? close to losing that. I, I, so I was recording it on my phone, and I got to say, I didn't really like see it that well i had to like go back and look at the recording on my phone i wish i wasn't doing that i wish i was paying more attention to the game but it was just like i knew it was such a big play it's like oh i gotta get this on video but that i just i wasn't as focused on the game so yeah it's too bad that he has a size it, like 21 foot because they yeah. probably win the finals if that's not the case it's crazy though what they could have been Kyrie, Harden, Durant. They were so good when they were all healthy. Yep. But that was it. And they, they had a decent supporting couldn't... cast too. Like it wasn't like it was like they didn't have to like just play a bunch of scrubs around them. Like it was Joe Harris was pretty decent at that point, I think. 
Yeah, he t- kind of disappeared at the end of that Buck series. But, yeah, he was still a decent shooter. Um, then Blake Griffin wasn't, like, completely hobbled yet. Yeah, they had DeAndre Jordan, who was, like, on his last legs. Yeah, that's so funny. Lob City <laughs> came back together. <laughs> Lob City East? Sure. Yeah, Lob City East. Um, yeah, so definitely Jimmy Butler for... MVP so far. Um, we haven't talked about the Knicks at all. Um, that they've been an interesting team, just kind of kind of gritty right now. Randall was hurt game one, came back for game two. Yeah, he almost had a triple double win. Yeah, it's crazy. Same with Josh Hart. Josh Hart was was close to getting one as well. I think he Josh Hart has been the best trade deadline acquisition yeah definitely it seems like he's been the best trade deadline acquisition for like four straight years <laughs> that's right yeah because he what was he he was on the blazers before that he was on the pelicans yeah he's just a solid player yeah he is he's yeah. he's a really good guy to have before he got traded to the knicks i, like, I kind of had my eye on him for like the celtics i was like oh maybe we do a package of like Alinari, maybe we give him Pritchard and a first rounder. Hey, I wouldn't sell but, Pritchard uh, so fast after last night in garbage time. <laughs> Pritchard scored more points than Tatum last night. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Water Pistol Pete Skip Bayless could have had more points than Jason Tatum <laughs> last night. I mean seven points. He made one shot. One shot in a playoff yeah, game. Was- but anyways, I yeah, I, I, I'm afraid of the Thibodeau Doc Rivers Easter Conference Finals matchup. That would be a real fuck you to the Celtics. Um, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Especially two teams uh, that I hate more than anything in the whole world. That would just be my nightmare yeah. scenario. It really is just my three least favorite NBA teams that are surrounding us in the East right now. We just have to get through it. I know. I think I, I think the Knicks series, Knicks Heat series, is going at least six. Yeah, at least six. This this is gonna be a dogfight, I'd say. Yeah, I wanted to ask you how you would rate the East right now, one through four. If you just had to like, off the top of your head, as as of right now, yeah, teams. Um. Okay. All right, and we'll we'll. Move on to the no, West. I want to answer this. No, I want to answer this question first, then we'll move on. Um, so I, I think you got to put the Celtics first. Yes, yeah, I agree. Talent, talent alone. Yep. But I'd, I'd be inclined to say the Sixers, but with a hobbled Embiid, I don't know. I want to see if you have the same as me for number two. I. God, like, it seems like. It seems like Miami shouldn't be number two when you look at the roster and who's playing, but like I don't know. I think I got I gotta give them the edge over the Knicks and the Sixers. Oh, interesting. I have I have Knicks number two. Yeah, I I I think I would put them number three. Yeah, I have Knicks, Knicks. Heat than Sixers. I don't think the Sixers are good. Doesn't it seem like Embiid that like like you know the Bill Simmons Ewing theory. 
obviously Embiid <laughs> isn't that because he's the MVP. Like he could just pour in 50 points and 20 boards and shut me up on tomorrow night. But it's they, right. they did not seem as functional with him as they did without him. No, and it's it's a four to six week injury that he has. He comes back after uh, just under two weeks. Um, I'm actually shocked he was able to play as much as he did and wasn't as hobbled. But yeah, you you could just tell he 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 slowed down the offense. Um, and yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a gift to the Celtics that he came back. I think we probably would. It really was. I think the same thing. I totally agree. Yeah. That was going to be my next point. If he didn't play in game two, which they just should have sat him game two, like you're playing with house money, you know? Just let him. If he's really hurt, which I do think there's some conspiracies floating around that he got shadow suspended by Silver for two games for punching Nick Claxton. But regardless, mm. I still think that... Um, with just Harden running the show, and maybe you know Harden doesn't have the legs to play two games and three night and two nights, basically. So I guess that kind of changes things. Like we're very fortunate that we're the only series that doesn't have more than one day off between games until Game Six, so we can really kind of get lucky there. Um, right. Well, actually, no. The Game Five is Tuesday, so yeah, there will be a gap. No, they're playing Sunday. Yeah, so there won't be. So yeah. They're the only team with just one day off in between, which lines up perfectly against a Harden and an Embiid because that's like their worst nightmare. They need a couple days off. Yeah, we'll we'll move on to the West. Um, all right. What the hell we got? When when has the seventh and sixth seed ever played each other in the second round? I can't recall that happening. Yeah, it's ever. It's very strange. The the Kings and the um the fraud Grizzlies though. The punk ass Grizzlies. They they were they were maybe the worst two three of all time. So I guess it can kinda go both ways. Right. That's true. Yeah. And the Grizzlies were dealing with some injuries at the end of the season, so Yeah, Jaw was in the strip club, Dylan Brooks is trolling LeBron. Steven Adams is out. They're just completely imploding. What what the hell is up with the Dylan Brooks statement? I've never seen Oh, a that team was like, laugh out loud like funny. Say- Under any circumstances, he won't be playing for us. <laughs> and the did you did you see the the Shams tweet included the picture of Dylan Brooks with like he was like doing like the confused look on the court like after like a missed foul call or something <laughs> it, was, it was the perp just just to include that picture was it was so savage of Shams <laughs> like you know he had to search in Google like Dylan Brooks like complaining about a foul call <laughs> of course he would do that and then uh, there's like. Dylan Brooks's agent is saying that, oh no, this this is not what happened or whatnot. I don't know. It's, yeah, misconstrued, some teams, right? Yeah, some team's still gonna sign Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I think so course. too. There's he's yeah. he is pretty talented. He's just such an asshole. My god, is he a douchebag. Yeah, his stock To make really everyone like LeBron is you have to be you have to go low, low. 
Like, you have to be hateable to make everyone take LeBron's side. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, the problem sure. with the whole team, right? Like, don't you, like, don't you think that whole team is just a bunch of assholes? Well, yeah, they 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 play as if they've have won back to back championships. Uh, or no, that's their attitude. That's their attitude. They they're like, yeah, you know, tough guys. They they think they've been there before, but they really have not. No, they haven't, and it's it's crazy. That they have the attitude that they have. Just for, like, basically their only accomplishment is, like, finishing in the top two in the West in the regular season. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. They I, they should have gotten a vet at the trade deadline. Luke Kennard is not going to help out no. that locker room. He wilted he's quick. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's not helping that locker room. He's he's not joining the Congo line before the game when they're when they're dancing. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, they they could have done some stuff at the trade. They had that Danny Green salary, and I don't know. They got Kennard. Or yeah, or get an Adam get an Adam substitute at least. Like, couldn't you just go get like, um, what's his name like? No, because they don't really need size with Jaron Jackson. I don't know that. I guess that, like I've saw, like I've seen that they didn't punt on the year, but they weren't gonna add to like the disaster situation they had because I think they need to totally reset. So they probably need as many assets as they can to kind of make some like bigger moves. Like I, I could see them being like a like a Dame team, kind of, kind of sneakily. Dayman Morant. Yeah, why not? That'd be interesting. Yeah, you pay two guys. Well, no, they they think they have other contracts that are pretty big, right? Stephen Adams is still under contract, but I think they'd keep him because they like his locker room presence. Um, and he's probably an expiring know, contract. I, I don't know. That seems pretty outlandish. I'm just kind of throwing that off the cuff, but like just something crazy like that, where it's like, whoa, they made that move. They definitely need to do something. They need someone old. They need they need season. an older player. Is the yeah, key. Yeah, someone to someone to put the kids in line. Yeah. Just yeah, be there yeah. and yeah. It's very, very get, obvious. Get the kids in the playpen. <laughs> get them in. <laughs> oh man, Don't get them out of the loose. strip club. Yes. yes. Tell them tell them to stop punching sixteen year olds in the face and then counter suing them. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. That all came out at the same time, too. Jeez. It's amazing that instead of playing in the finals, Jaw is going to be in a lawsuit with a 16-year-old. Of course, naturally. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Who's your favorite team Lakers in the West right now? Right now? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I tend to like the teams that have the former Celtic players. Um... But Dennis Schroeder's on the Lakers, and I don't love Dennis Schroeder. Mm-mm. Do we count him as a Celtic? <sighs> Half a Celtic? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I would count him. Like, what's like the? Yeah, that's actually an interesting thought experiment. Like, what's the what's the qualifications to be like an ex-Celtic? Like you, because like you could call like a guy an ex-Celtic, but if it's like a him who who was on the team for what six months? Yeah. 
I don't know. So you like the Lakers the best? Maybe it's the Nuggets. Maybe it's the Nuggets. Because I, I don't I know. I think the Nuggets win the like, West. Yeah, I hope I hope they do. It just seems I to like, line up, you know, like they're they're the yeah. they're the clear one seed. They were the best team in the West, and they're still getting kind of like they're a little bit slept on. Like they're not like it, it's kind not disrespectful, but like borderline disrespectful. How they're kind of just like pushed to the side a little bit for like championship consideration. Like I haven't really seen anyone really stand on a table and say the Nuggets can win the finals. And they're they have the best player in the league in my opinion. So yeah, it's why actually, not? It's surprise it's surprise I guess it's because they well they have made the Eastern Conference finals. Didn't they make it in twenty twenty? Did they make it the bubble year? No, they made it the year after the bubble year. Okay. It was after the bubble year. And they lost to um, the Suns. The Suns, okay. That's right, yeah, and then the Suns went to the finals. Yep, and lost to the um, Bucks. Yeah, I think they're they're probably being slept on. I mean they have they have a good bench. Even their young guys are really decent. The the Christian Brown guy. Yeah, he's great. He's got a lot of energy. He's yeah, it's it's He's. I like watching them. And then they got some vet guards on the bench if they really need to use them, like Ish Smith and Reggie Jackson. Um, I I like Bruce Brown a lot. I, he was on the Nets teams that I really didn't like, but yeah, you probably um, saw him play in person a lot. He's from Massachusetts. He's from um, where is he from? Westwood, maybe I forget, but he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I remember hearing that he's from Mass. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of Mass players in the NBA. Yeah, we're going against him right now, Georgie Niang. He's from Massachusetts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep, he's from Mass. Yeah, the uh, the numbers climbing. So my buddy Greeny's, uh, you know, he's in the. Uh, Philadelphia area, so he's watching the Sixers broadcasts, and they they just love <laughs> Niang. They call him Big Bang Niang. Big Bang. But they just Niang. go. Oh my god. They just go crazy over him. Like whenever he's out there, it's like they have Tyrese Maxey, and they're just like, oh, it's Maxey. Oh, but Niang. Yeah, those Philly fans Niang. are a bunch of fucking morons. <laughs> and then and then they call. Uh, Paul Reed, uh, B-Ball Paul. Yeah. Oh, B-Ball, B-ball Paul. Paul. Oh, B-ball Paul is God. in. I hate them so much. B-Ball Paul. Yeah. <laughs> My God. The guy averages yeah. like four points and four rebounds a game. I know. He's a joke. <laughs> Although he, he hit those free throws. Yeah, though, uh, that was, that, that was astonishing. That. Like, that was... I'll give him that... It, like it I, certainly I was, impressed I was Reggie Miller. Aback. Yeah, I was a little taken aback by that. I like I gasped yeah. after the fourth one. Just swished through. I gasped. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like if that was Tatum or Brown at the line, that's maybe two for four, but most likely one for I know. four. Seriously, like Reggie Miller was creaming his pants over those free throws. He was seriously, like, yeah. Reggie Miller oh my needs God. to keep in his pants. 
It, it, it didn't even touch the rim at all. Nothing but net. How about this guy? B-ball Paul. B-ball Paul. Fucking Reggie. This Reggie guy. and Kevin Harlan. My God. I guess I wish this NBC Sports Boston. Oh, yeah, you don't get it. But, um, nah, you're not missing out. The I, NBC I, Sports Boston broadcast. I get it on sucks. my phone. I can, I can watch it on my phone. It, it's very inconsistent because, like, sometimes it'll be scaling Mike, and then Mike's like, oh, I'm going to take a month off. So then it's scaling. Yeah, Mike's, uh, Mike's I think, per- permanently Perkins. off right now. Oh, yeah? I don't think he's working anymore. Pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. And Perkins joins in. Eddie House has been an abomination for the broadcast. The uh, abomination. He does the post games yeah, via Zoom, so it just it's a constant reminder of COVID, that era. Right, right. Just don't be on the show. It's it's terrible. I I'm really mad about the NBC Sports Boston like pre post broadcast. Like every I'm I'm just really mad about it this year. It's just the absolute D squad. Scal's okay. I think you like Scal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's times where he can be annoying. He was mean to Abby <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he finally he chilled out with for that. that. Yeah. I think he almost yeah. got fired for that. That was bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they, they calmed down with that. <laughs> I'm glad they mended that fence. Do you think um, Gorman's done? I think so. It seems like it. Really? He, he goes on Toucher and Rich in the mornings after games still, uh-huh. every every game. But um, I don't, like, he still does the broadcast, but I don't think he's going to be there for long. Yeah. Like, just, I feel like the writing's on the wall that um, the radio guy, what's his name, is going to come in and oh, the, probably yeah, take that Grandy, Sean Grandy. Yeah, yeah, Sean Grandy. And then Scal will be just the the Heinsen permanently because there's been too much Heinsen. Um, there's been too much Scal and Eddie House like doing the game and it seems like one of those like gimmicky like ESPN like side broadcast things <laughs> like a Manning and it's like what why 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 is this like what we're subjected to it's like that that NBA version of the Manning cast but <laughs> Yeah, seriously. No, that's actually like a great comparison. That's that really what it feels like. It's really like they, they don't they they're just that's bad. Like Scal is a good color guy. That's it. He's not a play by play guy. Not a play by play. Yeah, that was yeah. They they would just be in the middle of a random argument, and like three plays would go by, and be like, "Why do I can just put this on mute?" <laughs> like, I need to listen to this. Yeah, they were probably talking for like twenty minutes about who the sub broadcaster is going to be in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know, man. Not not great. The they need to switch it up next year. No, no more perk. We're yeah, God. clean it up. No more perk. Get perk out of here. Perk fixed the MVP race. He just he caught us all with our pants down with that. My God, Joel should definitely send him like a hundred grand at least. Mm-hmm. Like not that he wasn't deserving, but Jokic was the best player of the year. Come on, like. I hate how the MVP is like all storyline driven and like, uh, that's the problem with letting the media idiots be in charge of something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he has such a big voice on ESPN. I think it's 
they're like, oh, he's like our Charles Barkley. He's just he's yeah. No, seriously, that's a great, that's another great things, point. But yeah. it's like, no, no one is Charles Barkley. He's a unicorn. <laughs> There's no one like um, Barkley. I'm jealous of that take. That's actually a really good take. Can't believe I didn't think of that. He that is probably a hundred percent what they're going for. Yeah. They want their own Barkley. Yeah, that they can just like do clips of and like make fun of, but like you kind of take them seriously, but you mostly just make fun of them for calling everything barbecue chicken biscuits. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, a great comparison. Yeah. Barkley last night, by the way, I think he was drinking. Yeah, <laughs> he was I'm sure he was. He was on something. He was not. He was. He was loopy. He was very loopy, nonsensical. It just, I don't know what was going on there. I mean, I give them credit for pretending to be engaged for all these games. But, yeah, you know, they, the, they, the paycheck yeah, helps. The it's paycheck pretending. helps. Yeah, it's, yeah, they are pretending at this point. And they win all the awards, which is, like, it really is hilarious that they just, like, fail upwards. It's like their show, like, isn't that good at all. But it's the best sports show on TV somehow. It <laughs> It is very paradoxical the, and the, baffling. The, the bar is so low. The other ones are just so bad. They can never figure out a good, like, halftime show. Like, I don't even, What is Stephen A. Smith doing the ESPN? Yeah, the ESPN. One? I think it's Stephen A. and Jalen Rose, and that one's terrible. Yeah, it's like just just play ads. <laughs> like, yeah, no, J- no one J- watches Jalen, it. <laughs> Jalen Rose's expertise for his his breakdown of Game One Celt Sixers was Harden got to go to Vegas to let it fly for a couple days, so he came back and he was balling. That was that was his expert analysis there. That was pretty much all he contributed to that discussion, which was uh, first take is is something else. It, that show probably needs to go off the air. I can't believe I used to like it like 10 years I, ago. When it was Skip and Stephen A, it was so gimmicky that it was great. And they really had like organized arguments. Like I could go on about that. Like you're talking about like the Skip and Stephen A era, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's when I first started getting into it. Like, like 2012 through 2015 probably. Yep, yep. When they were in like the heyday. Yeah, that was that was a great show. It was like an organized two hours. They would do like ten minutes per subject. Like they would have good arguments, hot takes, but like still like good polar opposite arguments. Now mm-hmm. it it's just like a weird echo chamber of like fighting and hot takes and like they're not really like breaking down anything. They're just like making like bold predictions. It's just it's very strange. Who's even on it now? It's Stephen A. So and- it's it's Stephen A then a rotating cast so they like pivoted to make Stephen A the star like it's basically like first take with Stephen A and then it's like a rotating cast of characters like throughout so I, I think it's still Molly Karim who does the hosting Jaylen. or is she at Fox now I don't know I don't remember you know, I think it is Jalen Rose's Karim. ex-wife yeah <laughs> and he Dang. goes on the show I think sometimes so I, I don't so know if awkward. it's still her yeah it's super awkward but then it's like uh, always like Jay Williams or um, JJ Redick or um, like I'm just talking about basketball takes, but like it's just like a rotating crew. So it, it really isn't the same. Like the 50 50 split between Skip and Stephen A takes were fantastic. I tuned yeah. in just to like hear what they had to say about all the sports games from the day before. 
Yeah, it was it was so entertaining. There was the whole, especially during the Tebow era when Skip loved. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> that was incredible. Oh, he's and the, it was when the Cowboys troll. were at their all time like good, but they would choke. So yep. Skip would like throw his jersey at the wall and like have <laughs> mental breakdowns, and <laughs> Stephen A would just make fun of him the whole time. It was great. And then, do you remember? I know we're going way, way off the cuff here, but do you remember when they did a top five NBA players of all time, and Skip trolled Stephen A into it? So Stephen A did like a serious one where it was like MJ, like Kareem, like you know, like Will, yada yada, Bill Russell, whoever. And um, Skip, Skip's graphic goes on the screen after, and it was like Vladimir Radmanovich, um, K- Kwame Brown, <laughs> like Slava Pachenko. <laughs> he did it as a joke, and they showed his face, and Stephen A was just dying laughing. It was, it was, it was the pinnacle of. I, I, I'll send you that clip. It anyone listening, I never you have saw to go that. find that clip. It's it's the funniest thing I've ever seen on TV, and the Stephen A. Kwame Brown takes, oh my and the God. Lamar Odom takes. He was on crack. Oh, I... Lay off the weed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just the absolute best. They just signed Lamar Odom while he was on crack. (laughs) The Knicks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Miss that ever. Oh, man. Good times. I I could just go on about first the golden era of first take. I know. They they messed up. They should have gave Skip Bayless the money. I don't know. Yeah, just give him the money. That was so silly. Yeah, so silly. I don't know why they would break that up. That uh huh. Dumb, dumb. Uh, all right. So let's transition to a, a just a awesome dope movie. Like this isn't. We're not a really, sick movie. We're not even like doing movie of the week. What I used to back when I used to do a show every week, even though towards the end it was like once a month, and now it's like once a year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're gonna fire. Oh, back no, no, people. yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna resume things. We're gonna get things going. We've got the NBA draft coming up too. We've always got plenty of content there with Greeny. He's always got hot take. You you watch college ball, do you? Yeah, yeah, I. I I'm a very I'm not as I'm more of a casual now than a serious mm-hmm. fan like I used to be, but I still follow the draft pretty heavy and while obviously watch the tournament, I'll have some good draft takes. Yeah. It's just without the Celtics picking near the top, like I haven't been as invested in it. But um I will be invested this year. That's right. Well, the Celtics, they might have a high second round pick. I think it all depends on how the lottery, the draft lottery shakes out. Uh, like, I, I think it, it depends on where the Rockets land, because somehow we have a Rockets pick because it got traded, like, five different times, and somehow we ended up with it. But that that would be cool if we have a high second-round pick, because then we can draft the next semi Ojale and, yeah. <laughs> you know... I was going to say, or the next Romeo Langford, or... <laughs> we've never, we've never had Tab a snick- who was the last second rounder that panned out for the Celtics? I don't think we've had one for a long time. Huh. It's a great question. 
Um. Well, Rob, does Rob count? No, Rob was the last pick of the first round. Um. Think, yeah, he was like twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Maybe. Was Grant first round? Yeah, Grant was Grant first, was first round, round. Yeah. Um. Boy, oh boy, I don't know. I, I I don't think we've had one in well over ten years. Like, I think the last good second round pick we made was Etwan Moore, but he was we traded him after a year. Like, was Pritchard first round? He was, yeah. He was at the end of the first round. Wow. Yeah. But you didn't like RJ Hunter? Well, he was first round. My he God. Was, he was number twenty-eight. I remember because he yeah. took he took the number twenty-eight for, because of that. And each one more hit after. He didn't hit during the Celtics. Oh yeah, he, it, it was after. Yeah. 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 He he was long gone by the time he like kind of panned out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll be able to draft someone good for once. Uh, yeah. That's not in like the top 10. Hopefully. Yeah. Um All right. So, our dope movie that we're doing. It's called Brain Scan. A film directed by the great John Flynn, written by Andrew Kevin Walker, who's, you know, he's done some stuff. Seven, yep. maybe you've heard of it. Eight millimeter. What else has he done? Amazing. He's Well, he wrote the um, Bad Traveling for Love and Robots last year, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. I think it was an yeah, adaptation, yeah. but that was still really cool. And he ghostwrites pretty much everything for Fincher. Like, he's oh, yeah. a ghostwriter on Fight Club, like a big reason why the fight club script works so well. Um, he's, he does a lot for him. So he's, I think more like in the shadows as a screenwriter than like at the forefront of like being credited, but he's like pretty well respected in, in Hollywood. No doubt. Very well respected. Actually. I think that's an understatement. Was was this one of his first scripts that got made into a movie? I didn't. I didn't so know. it was, so okay. this was, so I have the Blu-ray, of course, because this movie fucking rules. And there's I... there's an interview with him on it, and he tells the whole story. So he got hired by a company who is just like some like you know not even a B movie horror movie company, like a C or D, like literal junk movies. Yeah. And this guy came up with this story, and this company hired Andrew Kevin Walker, like basically out of college, like he was living in New York City, like just after college, and they hired him to write this script. And he was basically just like a young kid, like doing writing this script, which is just <laughs> insane. Like the, he had the story to like go off of, but it's still just absolutely ridiculous. And he's credited as the sole. He gets the sole credit. He wrote like this is his screenplay, and it, it was his very first one. His like he's had he had other jobs, I guess, but this was like his first real credited screenplay. It might have gotten released after like other stuff that he wrote, but this was his first like paid job. So right. I thought that was pretty interesting. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Yeah, you can that makes a lot of sense because they yeah, they probably told him to do like a concept of like a kid playing a video game. Yep. That's yeah. exactly right. They had the concept and he he took it from that concept and wrote the screenplay around that. Right. For so, like the production company. I think they even like lost the movie. I think Triumph took it from them. So that it's a very this movie is a very like strange creation all around like it's it's all like it 
everything, everyone that's in it, everyone that was involved with it. So what, like we have to what talk was about the George name of the, the studio? It was Triumph? Triumph Films. Yeah, it's so well, it got bought by Sony. So it was Triumph. Okay. They did they did a movie that you did for your podcast, the Larry Cohen movie, The Ambulance. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they did a lot of the like Super Babies, Baby Geniuses. Do you remember that one? <laughs> the sequel to Baby Genius? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Super Babies. That was a good one. With uh, John Voight. John Voight. I think he was. Was he star- in that? I, I don't he remember. He was the star of that. I think his name was like Kane. I think his name was Kane or something like that. No way. That's great. Swear to God. Old timer, old school movie stars are mm-hmm. taking these weird roles in like very strange horror sci fi genre movies. And it's just it's beautiful. Like John Voigt, Christopher Walken, Frank Langella, like Martin Landau, like so many ones that we've done have it's been the same thing. It's it's probably my favorite type of movie it is it it really reflects its time kids obsessed with video games so the plot is basically a kid uh told by his buddy about this this new video game where it's like a virtual reality and it's insane it's like you're you're in the you're in the mind of a killer, basically. And then shock. Yeah, he read it in Fango. In Fango, yeah, even using the slang there. <laughs> Fango. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and then, you know, what do you know? It turns out uh, it's not a video game. You're actually killing someone. Um, but, uh, yeah, just just very, very strange. I... I the horror genre was just so lost at this time. Yeah, in the 90s, it was very lost. This was like th- two years before Scream. Right. Basically a year before Scream started to circulate. Right. And it was like at the all-time low. Like, this is probably the best horror movie of 94. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there really were any. Well, uh, New Nightmare came out in 94. I haven't seen that in a while. That was 94? I, I believe it was. I believe that was 94. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty outstanding movie actually. I mean, I'll take Brain I'll watch Brain Scan over that any day. But I would want I would take Brain Scan over anything. It's probably my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I'll take it over to Godfather 2, man. I, <laughs> I I would watch it. If someone gives me the Brain Scan Blu-ray and the Godfather 2 Blu-ray, I'm grabbing that Brain Scan and I'm sprinting away. I, I so I never had this on Blu-ray. I I had the I had the DVD. I I sold it on eBay. I should I should get the Blu-ray now. Um what, when did you first? I'll bring up the deleted scene from the Blu-ray, and when we come, when we get to that point later. But yeah, go on. When did when did you first see this movie? So I I have a scattered memory with this, much like Michael in the movie. My 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 brain is just absolutely scattered, and I think I saw it in high school. It it might have been a little bit before. It was at least 15 years ago. It's uh, no, at least 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Like I was I was I was close to his age in the movie. I remember that. Sa- same with me that. And I and I didn't have as much respect for it as I do now. Same. Same. Yeah, I saw it when I was 
15. He's like probably 15, 16 in this movie. Yep. Uh, Think of the same situation for me. This was one of the first um, on-demand movies I watched um, at at my dad's house because the, it was it was a big transitional time. He used to have one of those. Um, I guess they were called what, not black box or, or it, yeah, it was, the Uncle Dick black yes, box. Yeah, we had that. Scrambler, yeah. I think D Scrambler. So yep. uh, yeah, Dick Dicky set us up with that yep, one. Yep. Um, and that's how we would watch cable and whatnot because back then not everything was digital. Um, you'd have this box that would scramble the pay station or descramble the pay station so you could watch them for free. Um, but then like everything started going digital around like 2003 and whatnot and we just slowly started losing channels one by one. Like, oh, we don't have stars anymore because it's digital. And the last one to go, oh. the last one to go was HBO. And right, because we had just HBO for a while. Like, that was the only reason why we still had the box. It's like, we still get HBO for free. Um, and then, like, around 2004-ish, like, early 2005, it's, uh, that went. And my dad was like, oh, we got we got we to gotta pay the fiddler now. We got to get real cable. So we got Comcast. And, like, that's when, like, I had seen, like, On Demand before, like, going over friends' houses and whatnot. But, like, it was the first time, like, having it in, like, you know, my own home. So we were checking it out, and my dad was like, oh, look, there's a free movie section. And it wasn't even, like, associated. Oh, look, it's brain scan. I, he was the one who scrolled to it. And, like, it caught my... He saw the picture of Trickster. There weren't even any pictures at this point. Like, in it was so long ago, they weren't even, like, flashing the pictures up yet. But I saw I saw Edward Furlong, like, in the description, and saw that it was a horror movie, and was like, yep, gotta watch this. So... Yes. <laughs> so, this movie fucking rocks, dude. I know. I know. Watched it. That must have been great. It was. It was. Well, it was a weird time in my life for sure. I remember it was my freshman year in high school. It was a winter that seemed like it was like four months long. No joke. I don't know if you remember the winter of 2005, but it was just gloomy weather for months on end with so much snow. And I watched in the middle of that, and this was like one of the bright spots of that era <laughs> watching brain scan <laughs> and i i what jumped out to me the thing i loved the most about it was the theme i love the theme so much yep me too that's that is how i remembered mm -hmm. it when i watched it again i think like i think i actually texted you like a couple of years ago mm -hmm. maybe and i was like dude like i just revisited brain scan I forgot how fucking awesome that movie was. Like, and I think the first thing you said was how good George S. Clinton's score was, because yep. the the theme is incredible. Like, when when the movie started playing, when I rewatched it, like it just brought it. I shot back to when I was like that little kid watching, it. and like I I liked it, but like I just really knew it by the score. I don't really like an Edward Furlong. Like, I didn't really remember that much about it, other than it being just absolutely wild stuff 
But yeah, I agree. The theme is it, it really is one of the greatest for any genre movie ever. It's so good. And I I had known George S. Clinton prior to that from the Wild Things theme, which always stood out to me. I was like, oh, this is a, this is a cool intro. Like I lo- I lo- both Brain Scan and Wild Things just kind of like play out his whole like uh, theme song throughout the opening credits, and it's like. It's just awesome. I love it. They mm-hmm. and then like they they'll play this theme throughout the movie as well. They had I noticed they had a, a different variation on the theme at times. Like it sounds like uh, it. There's like a synth version of the dun Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Boom. Down. 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 And bing. Bong. Yeah, it's 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 just amazing. Like that doesn't do it justice. Like don't take that for face value. Like go listen to it. But seriously, yeah, it's like it's very synthy. It's just so catchy and like so perfect. Like so perfect for that the thing that struck out to me was like how perfect that was for mid nineties. Mm-hmm. It just feels so like the whole movie just feels so stuck in the mid nineties, and it's such a great time capsule movie of like seeing everything in michael's like edward furlong plays michael like the main character like his room he's like he's got a computer with like uh like a smart like alexa type thing called igor that like takes all his calls for him and it's like the technology of those computers and his tv and his like cd rom gaming system (laughs) like every the lava lamps and like the music and like the all the posters on like it was just so ninety four his outfit. He has and, a whole kitchen in his room. He has a fridge. Yeah, it's he has room, a fridge with was, Alice Cooper on it. <laughs> yeah. You know what's great about that is like I feel like that era, like I don't know if it goes even back further, but like nineties and two thousands, like I remember all the kids in movies that I watched and T V shows that I watched, they had like the sickest rooms yeah. and they were always like lofts like that where they had like an apartment basically. <laughs> and it was it was like it honestly like made the movie better. Like if his room was just like a tiny little rat dungeon for like the little creep like he is, then it like it wouldn't work as well. He had like a palace. Yeah, no. And he like a reclining chair with like his gaming system, like he's hacking and he's got like his Igor thing and like Igor's talking to him and taking calls for him and blocking calls and it's just it, like that like just the whole like set piece part of it and like the theme like we mentioned mm-hmm. and how it feels so trapped in that era just really adds to the movie. And Edward Furlong is the perfect like conduit for like early 90s mid 90s teenage boy like it everything about it just works so well yeah he's i've i've always liked edward furlong he's he's just he's just a likable dude i mean i i never really knew if it was because because i i was a big fan of um terminator 2 and detroit rock city prior to watching this movie in high school so that's like what i knew him from Detroit Rock City. Yeah, man, that's that's a great one. And yeah, that that's what really made me like wanna watch this was like, oh shit, Edward Furlong? Okay, I gotta check this yeah, out. Yeah, he was like um, kind of a star at that point. And it's weird because he's like annoying, but he's also <laughs> I know. But he's also got like a superstar quality. Like it's it's really like unmatched kind of his like persona 
Like he talks and I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up, dude. Like he's like the way he talks is just so obnoxious. But then like you look at him, it's like, oh, yeah, he's like it's Edward Furlong. Like he's a movie star. Like I yeah. I, I can't picture this movie without him. But he's like not yeah, good. He's, so it's it's he, he's not a great actor. Yeah, he's, <laughs> but the, yeah, like it, the, the still, very like open secret. Like is a, it's not even a secret. It's just like factual. He's just really not a good actor. But like he's super likable. He is. He can he can carry a movie, which a lot of kids can't do. No, he's carrying the movie. He's I think he's like seventeen, right? He's probably like sixteen or seventeen yeah. when this movie releases. Yeah. So so he's basically like the age of his character, I guess. Yeah, and, and it's like, kind of interest. It's interesting because like his his like friends or his classmates <laughs> in the movie, they're Kyle. all like in their twenties. <laughs> Kyle is a twenty-seven yeah. year old man. Yeah, we. We gotta talk about Kyle a little bit. Kyle. Kyle. Now, Kyle. Kyle is a great '90s character. Yeah. Like that yep, is yep, like yep. That's perfect. That is the '90s in a human form. Yes. Perfect '90s character. Perfect casting, right there. Yeah, it really is. Guy. I don't know where they found that guy, but yeah, he was. And I haven't seen him since. Have you? I, I don't. So, I I know his name is Jamie Marsh. Because, you know, I used to look this movie up back on IMDb a lot. But, like, recently going to the BrainScan page, I noticed he had a different name. He goes by Jamie Gallen now. And I, yeah, I clicked his profile and I was like, okay. He took his wife's name? name. I'm not even sure. But if you look at his old credits... It'll it'll have like his character's name and in parentheses it'll just say as a different name. I've never seen that on an IMDb page. Yeah, so he's so he's it, into some weird stuff. Like he's <laughs> that, that that's a totally Kyle move. Like he 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 is Kyle. Like he just be he's just Kyle forever. <laughs> he is to just be stuck as like the friend in like a not very known weird genre movie. And that's how everyone will know you. That's just that's gotta be. That's Dude, gotta be. He wild. just he couldn't take it. So many brain scans. Yeah, he, he was probably like, "Fuck this! This, this shit sucks." Like, I have to act with Edward Furlong and have him be like, <laughs> "Kyle, best buddies forever, buddies forever." <laughs> yeah, when they were saying like, it's just an unrealistic friendship. Like it, the way they talk, it's like they're lovers, but they're they're not. <laughs> Like they're talking about how they're like every time they say goodbye to each other for context, they say best buddies forever, which is easily <laughs> the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I've have you ever said that to a friend when you walked out of his house? No, no. No. <laughs> no. That that was that was something I guess it was trying to really force the audience to by their bond but it's like Yeah, if that was written by Andrew Kevin that. Walker, I'm not sure he had friends growing up. Like there's there's a there's a chance that like that was written by someone who did not know how to have a friend. <laughs> Buddies forever. Buddies and forever. I I think I know what Andrew Kevin Walker definitely wrote. I think he probably added in the spying on the girl next door. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, that he was, also that did was, eight millimeter. Yeah, that was that was a very very Andrew Kevin Walker esque. <laughs> 
subplot was Michael <laughs> recording the girl. And then not only Michael recording the girl while she's stripping naked, her taking pictures of him recording her was yeah. another level that I didn't really expect it to go to. It was very, very creepy. And the fact that she and- knew he was spying on her the whole time <laughs> is in. So, yeah. So this girl, Kimberly, Michael's neighbor, she's like, I don't know, like, what would you say? The fourth main character? Yeah, fourth. she's like the popular girl in school, and Michael is obsessed with her, but like has to hide it because he's a dweeb and is just a moody little bitch. And he sits at night and just records her. He has a camera set up in his window, very like James Stewart and Rear Window type stuff, where he just mm-hmm. kind of sits back in the cut and just records her while she's stripping. And she's clearly looking up at him, watching him record her, and she'll whip out her camera and start taking pictures of him recording her. But like it. That part of the move, it just didn't seem like it was really like it. It's amazing that Edward Furlong kind of makes that convincingly not creepy. Yeah, that would that would not work today. Like, it's just creepy, and the way he looks when he like he's he's like drooling when he's like, and it's just so weird. God, it's just so weird. But yeah, like you said, that's an Andrew Kevin Walker special right there. That's that was uh, you can't leave that out of the movie. Like that's in the script. It's staying <laughs> in the movie, or I quit. <laughs> yeah, non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. I got three clauses. Trickster has to have an orange mohawk. Michael has to record the girl while she's stripping naked, a teenage girl. All right. And I don't know what the third one would be. What would the third one be? I don't know. Uh, Trickster has to have a Primus CD. Yeah, with Trickster. <laughs> All right, you got to explain who Trickster is to the audience. Trickster, you, okay. Can. So Kyle reads an ad in Fango for this thing called Brain Scan. It's a game, like a mind-altering game, like you said earlier. And he tells Michael to get it. So Michael orders it. He places the order, and it gets shipped to him via mail. And he, he puts the disc in. And a game starts playing, and it's the main characters. This guy Trickster. He's got an orange mohawk, skinny face, very, very weird. I don't know what they were going for, like Pinhead. Like you think, like were they going yeah. for like Freddy? Like no, not Freddy. Like, I it's don't not really know. Freddy Krueger. It's like Pinhead. Would, like someone who like convinces you to do stuff. It's like he doesn't but do anything. He's just like he's like getting in your head. Exactly. And so, I, I almost wonder if like the the Mohawk was a last minute thing because <laughs> if you look at the design on the TV, he doesn't have a Mohawk. It was the, the actor like, making cart- a choice. Cart- yeah, I think I think that was that was them just saying like what Fuck it. Let's give him a Mohawk. Yeah. And they just did that last minute. Fuck it. It's nineteen ninety four. Motley Crue is yeah. still kinda cool. We'll just give him a Mohawk. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but so he's this guy that comes out of the so he basically comes out of the TV like it's like a monster. He comes out of the TV. He said he's like, Michael. So now that you're playing this game, the first part of this game is you have to go kill someone. So Michael has to go kill a guy. And of course, Michael bucks back. He's like, I don't want to kill a guy. And he's like, but you have to, Michael, you're playing the game. So Michael, of course, goes to kill the guy. Just. Does that ever explained why he, like, I think he still thinks he's in the game, right? So he's, like, kind of just enjoying it. He's like, ah, whatever. Right. Like, so he, he, like, it's like a trance thing. He, like, goes in a trance, 
and then he like kind of wakes up and not really wakes up it's like in first person he he kills the guy he just knifes him and then he cuts off his foot as like a souvenir <laughs> it's or no i think i think trickster appears after the first kill okay maybe i think that's in like because like i think he plays a game and then that happens and then he realizes there was like an right yeah murder. he like convulses yep yep yeah you're right he plays yeah. so he puts the game and he convulses he does the murder and then trickster appears yeah after to kind of like explain what happened yeah and then, then he's like, there was a witness. Yeah. So then it's just a long, like, he's got to just clean up. He's got to keep on killing people, basically. Kill off all the witnesses. <laughs> he's just got to keep playing the game. Every, every disc is like a new witness. Yeah, every disc is basically a witness. Like, second disc is Kyle, third disc is Kimberly. Like, it's just all, like, witnesses, basically. Yeah. And he has to go kill them. But he doesn't want to, but he does. But Trickster is just such a weird character. Like, this is a... a r-rated horror movie and this guy like he does things that like you might see on like a 90s children's show he's like but then he's also like into primus yeah he's dancing to primus he's eating raw chicken like it it's just all like just Ah, it's, it's just not very cool. It's like, like, who's this targeted for? Yeah, like, it's yeah. so random. They were, yeah, it's it's very like we just like we're doing a bunch of cocaine and just like whipped this guy together, and he's wearing like a like a is it like a purple suit? Like I can't even picture his outfit. It's like a purple suit. He looks like a clown. Yes. Like it's like a literal clown, but he's like a demon. So he's like this yeah. demon. I don't know the the orange mohawk like it they they were going for like commercial like it's like he's gonna be the new Jason Voorhees basically, but it just <laughs> it didn't turn out that way at all. No, not at all. He is a weird dude. But like, it's also then, one of those things where it's like it's so weird that it's amazing. Like I wouldn't exactly I wouldn't have it any other way. If it was anything else, I'd be disappointed. Exactly. I think that's what that's the charm of it. It's like this is such a stupid bad idea. Like how did someone think this would would actually like work? But hey, at, at the end, you know, maybe they were playing 4D chess and they're just like, "Oh no, this is going to be a cult movie someday." It's so Yeah, they got so us. ridiculous. For whatever reason, like he's so weird, but he's not he's not that annoying like it's he's not scary though. It's it's really not scary no, at all. He's, He's not scary at all. He's not really even that funny either. Yeah, he's, he's not. not he's, he's just particularly funny. No, the, I don't remember laughing once, <laughs> other than at him. It's more like what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, and, and the best part is Furlong couldn't be more just like, oh yeah, this is normal. Like this guy looks right. normal. Like he's never like confused by like how weird and how weird he looks and. Ne- never comments on the outfit or anything. No, the hair. Like, like, why? Who? What, what no. are you? Like, are you a human? Are yeah. you a demon? Are you a like? What? What's going on here? But I think this move, this movie, could have improved if we got the sarcastic furlong, like from Terminator Two. If he wasn't, so, uh, like, I guess they made him like kind of a wimp in the movie because you know his, his mom gets killed in a car accident at the beginning of the movie and he was in the car that's that's basically what the intro is it's like showing what happened 
He's got a limp. A limp which, you know, kind of, like, appears and then goes away for a little while. And then... <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. not... He's no Daniel Day-Lewis. He's not very he's not, he's not committed to the bit. It's... It's... Yeah, it's a limp when he remembers. I I think it would have been something if we had, like, a, you know... Wisecracking furlong, like yeah, like ah, take a doing? hike, bozo. Yeah, like get out of my room. <laughs> he kind of does. He he snaps back at the trickster. So like, this is obviously like all spoilers. Just go watch the movie because we're gonna spoil it. Like when he when he we never see him kill Kyle in the game, but he kills right. Kyle, and he it's a little sarcastic Second furlong. Murder. It's like you killed my only friend. And like he, he's kind of like bucking back a little bit, and it's, I, I get some laughs out of that. Like, but yeah, I know what you mean yeah. like a, a truly sarcastic little dickhead for a long would have worked a lot better. But his, Michael's just kind of like, I don't know, he's just kind of a bitch. Like he, yeah, he doesn't really. He's just a mopey, mopey dude. Like he doesn't really have a lot of personality. Like the, even right. through the first like thirty minutes of the movie, before we even really, or twenty minutes before we even meet the trickster. He's kind of just moping around like he's got no real personality. And by the way, probably worst parent of all time. Yeah, his dad's just gone. <laughs> like his dad is on a business trip for I, the movie takes place only in like a couple days stretch, though, I think. Right. Like it's yeah, like his dad. It's explained that his dad's gone for the week, I believe. Like right. it's some conference. Yeah. Work trip. Yeah, yeah. Work trip. The classic work trip. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's just out of the picture. I I think this movie kills off Kyle a little too early. I mean, yeah, they could have used alert. a little more Kyle, but like yet again, like Kyle sucks. So I I honestly, <laughs> it's either don't kill him off or let us see him die. Like I yeah, I want to see him get killed. Dude, no! Dude, dude, it's so rad. No, I, I thought we were buddies forever. It's <laughs> forever. <laughs> oh, Kyle. Yeah, I would have yeah. loved to see him die. That that would have been a vast improvement. Mm-hmm. So, this was filmed in Montreal. I believe it was Montreal. It's definitely Canada. It's windy, right? And like it's always windy. It it was that? really windy during <laughs> that scene where uh, Kimberly's outside. Yeah, it's, you can't even hear her. So, they have to like dub her voice because it's so windy. Yeah, it's like distractingly it's, windy at all times. Like he's when he looks out the window, the trees are about to come down on his house. It's like where yeah, are we? Like can, middle of Kansas and like during a tornado. Jesus, uh, ten minutes away from a, a nor'easter about the. It the, seems the, like the yeah. Set. The whole movie yeah. feels like a nor'easter is about to plow through this town. Yeah. Um, but I I could tell it was Canadian. I didn't pick this up when I first saw it, even though I probably should have because um, I'm such a big fan of uh, old like shows that were filmed in Canada, uh, especially Are You Free of the Dark? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Goosebumps. But like upon like reviewing it, I I would I would notice like some of the actors. Like I even noticed like the the younger version of Eddie's character. I was like, that kid was in an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode 
it was probably all the Canadian actors. Like they probably all were in all of that stuff, right? Like there probably wasn't a they lot. They were. Yeah. The the te- the teacher was in a Goosebumps episode. Um. Then there was, there was like a random security guard at the end that he bumps into. That hey, was kid, like, get out of here! They just shot the killer. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, no, they yeah do. we have a lot to explain still yeah uh that guy yeah i was like there's so many um so many like are you afraid of the dark Goose that was a great alumni. show though those sure those shows were great like are you afraid of the dark was particularly good like the i was always terrified i think it was the indoor pool remember the like it was the oh, pool the pool monster float that Dead one was flow. really, really terrifying. And what was yeah, the one with the, the clown? And the was it like the kid was? I remember the kid was in his kitchen, like microwaving something, and the clown shows up and kills him. It's from the, the clown from like the Fun House. Yeah, Zebo. Was that what that was? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you're of you're really locked in the in. dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one. Yeah. I can't believe mm-hmm. you know these by heart. Oh yeah. No, I was I was a big Ari Frey of the Dark fan. That was a great show. Up. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorites for sure. Um we should actually we should do like a podcast on that if yeah. we ever want to clown on Canadian yes. actors. I will go through that entire series if you want. Yeah. That's good stuff. One guy, the principal, whatever, hilarious. I love how he's like I love how he's so repulsed, like when he asks Michael, like, "What's what's the title of the movie?" Is like, oh my death, god, death, when death. he's he's like, "Oh, all right," did... and then there's a long pause. By horror movies, he, he says like part two, and then he's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like he's so repulsed that they would make a second one. Oh, the horror club band. Do you remember? Do you remember his response to that though? When he's like, "What is it with horrors? Is it like..." Yeah, getting an erection that was wild. and like raping a that girl. That was wild. <laughs> like it's like do you like remember he says that to him? He's it's I couldn't believe my ears. Like even for 1994 I was like wait, what? And then and Michael's response is no, it's not the erection that rapes the girl, it's the person that rapes the girl. It's like what? How does this have anything to do with horror club? Like they're watching horror movies in the like in the gymnasium. Like what? Leave him alone, dude. What are you talking? You can't talk to a student like that. The fuck is this? I wonder what movie they were watching. Maybe it was just some random horror movie. That I they, think they were they, fake movies. Probably a fake movie. Like they looked like fake movies. Yeah, I love how there was just a kid like wearing a mask like during the <laughs> whole movie. <laughs> yep. Just then the, of there course wearing like a mask. Probably of course, the horror club is just like the most eclectic crew of like main characters. Like, isn't there's like isn't Kimberly in horror club? She not? She might not be. I don't think she was. I forget, but I I remember seeing people. It's like, why is that person in? Like, why is this club so popular? Like, they're watching like unknown horror movies and just sitting around. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised it was more people than like Michael and Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, you would think no one would want to hang out with Michael and Kyle. That scene in the principal's office was was crazy. Yeah, it was really um, weird. It's like leave the kid alone. Like his mom died. Like he just wants to like watch his horror movies and with his friends. And there's really nothing wrong with what he's doing at all. He's like out to get him the whole time. Like he's like ah oh, like 
I just yeah, I was very surprised by that. It's like this kid seems just kind of like mopey and mellow. Like I don't think he's really bothering anyone. His principal has it out for him for no reason. Yeah. But of course that leads like they have that scene just so they could have that last scene, basically. Like that was the whole point. Right. We mentioned that Frank Langella is the in the movie. Uh <laughs> he's he in the is movie. Basically right. Yeah, he's the detective who's investigating these murders and he's kind of just an odd person yeah i've not never movie. been a big fan of his he he, he distra- yeah. he's just kind of distractingly like morose like monotone mm-hmm. like he never shows any emotion at any point in this movie i don't think he even like breaks face once no he really like doesn't. he's just like deadpan just delivering his lines, like sleepwalking through the movie. Like, hey, I'll take my paycheck and I'm getting the fuck out of Canada. Ser- yeah, seriously. I think he w- he got, like, like uh, kicked off of a movie for something, I think. I think it was, it was, yeah, I think it was him. Him and F. Murray Abraham. Getting oh, kicked God. off net- Netflix movies. Yeah, their old jokes don't fly. Yeah. It's like Morgan Freeman can get away with them because he's a legend. But then when they try doing it, it's like, get off. Get off of this set. You'll never be on a, a Tubi original again. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and it's, it's Frank Langella. Like, you don't have that. Like, he's, like, famous, famous stage actor, like, probably more popular like the stage community than the movie community right. for the most part he's he's been in good movies like that's kind of unfair but didn't like nine... he, did he get nominated or win an oscar Frost i'm guessing Nixon? for i'm guessing for dracula right wasn't that like his big thing dracula i don't know about that one maybe not seem... but um i know frost nixon was a big movie for him yeah in 2008 oh yeah that's i forgot about that he was great as richard nixon yeah yeah he's he's good like he was decent in the box but he's he's just kind of the same guy the box uh, i forgot about the box i saw that in theaters yeah i, I dragged like that my movie. i dr- i dragged my friends to see that in theaters and they were so mad at me that's definitely we got to consider doing a podcast on that one that's like that oh, falls under down. like the brain scan umbrella of like yeah that sucks but it's also dope I actually liked it a lot. Yeah, I loved it. I liked it a lot. Like I, I remember being kind of blown away by it. It was like, confusing, I but like fully was... acknowledge that it's super weird. But it's like I, I don't it was know. so it's... unique. Yeah, it was so unique. There's something here, and I remember I was in I was in film school when that came out. And I I remember like we had a discussion class, and I was like, I don't know, I liked the box. I thought it was interesting and. Teacher's like, oh, shows how much you know. <laughs> yeah, that's so annoying. I, I hate yeah. that, dude. Like, that's that's something that's driven me insane my whole life. Like, it seems like a lot of the stuff we like just maybe we're just wrong. But, like, everyone has an unfair opinion of a lot of these movies and, like, way too high of expectations where it's like, just enjoy it for what it is, for God's sakes. Like, I find interesting way more entertaining than just, like, technically brilliant right like who cares if someone doesn't agree with you yeah it's like i'll openly say brain scan is a top 10 favorite movie of mine like 
Go watch it. Yeah, fucking A. Brain scan. A furlong. Um, what else about this? So, yeah, you got Frank Langella. He's... He's he plays the around. cop. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going around cop. investigating the murders, clueless. Mm-hmm. But he knows it's Michael, but he can't pin it on him exactly until he gets the illegally found DNA from clothes that Kyle burned, as well as the fact that Kyle, uh, Michael made a stupid ass phone call to Kyle a- after he killed him to make sure he was alive. So that kind of gave him up. Yeah. The, the, Who is well, this? Yeah, I'm surprised the detective picked up the phone too. Like, yeah. isn't it isn't it a crime scene? Are you are you? That's actually a good question. Are like if you're a detective at a crime scene and like there's a cell phone there that rings, would you pick it up? I or do you just let? If it you're ring? him, yeah, he he was a horrible cop. Like he was a really 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 bad. He, bro- cop. he broke into Michael's house. Yeah, and- that's that evidence is not usable. Yeah, that, that there's zero like he never had a warrant of any type. He would probably just make up some bullshit because Kyle's and Michael's just a kid. But that would that would be inadmissible. He 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 just broke into his house and t- took the ash from his fireplaces. That's definitely not legal, right? Like you can't use that as evidence. No, you can't. He probably just used it to know. Right. And then he wasn't going to actually like use it as evidence. I don't know. I don't know what his plan was. His plan was horrible. I know, and there's not really a good payoff to his character. Like, we don't like him. He's a little sneak going around, breaking into houses, playing around with crime scenes. And I think the last we Hiring see him... Hiring a neighborhood watch to, like, go find yeah. the killer, even though he knows who the killer is? Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, he definitely knows who the killer... He knows it's it's... Eddie. That was crazy. They, so they were looking for him, but they just didn't check his house. Is that what was going on? I I don't know what what he was thinking, and it made no sense because he's like, "You guys shouldn't have weapons." Like on one hand, yeah, if you like, have weapons, I'll arrest you, and then arrest you, and then they're all carrying around rifles the entire time. Yeah, and it's like if you're hunting a killer, like shouldn't you have a weapon? But at the same time, you shouldn't have random neighborhood people trying to hunt this Yeah, were there guy. no cops? Were there no it's, cops in the town? Was I, was he a town cop? I don't know what he was. <laughs> they didn't explain a whole lot. Like, they, it's not supposed to be explained. Like, it's an hour and 45 minute, two hour, like, they're trying to cram all the trickster stuff in there. They don't have time for the Frank Langella plot. Like, they need the trickster stuff. So he's just like a foil that, that like, there's no... There's not supposed to be any background on him. He's just literally there as like a device. But yeah. it's still, it was still kind of like annoying that, like he was immediately suspicious of him for really no reason. Like he, like even at the first crime scene, Michael just rode his bike by and he's like, that kid, that's, I got to keep an eye on that kid. Say <laughs> like, what? So, but then the- when you realize that it's all just the brain scan, fake imaginary world that, that it kind of like, you know kind of ruins that i don't know like the like the ending being like it was all like a dream is super frustrating because it's like how like i don't know like how much are we supposed to believe is real right like just to kind of so jump i don't know if you're going in the same place at this but have you seen the end credit scene 
Yeah, with the dog. Yeah, when Trickster's like, but wait, you missed something. And it was from, so the opening of the movie is the dog running around in the neighborhood in the wind. And at the end of the movie, they show it again, that same scene. And you can like decide, like you could see that he has the foot in his mouth, the dead guy's foot in his mouth. Uh Uh-huh. So I think they're saying that he, like the murder happened. Right. That murder happened. Yeah. And the rest was like a, like the rest was imagined. Is that what we're, is that where he's going with that? You think? I I I don't think they thought that that out completely. <laughs> I think they were just like I don't know. Let's. I I. It's just know. an annoying like fuck you to the audience basically I like guess. to confuse us. I don't even know why they included it. It's like, it's like really you're gonna interrupt the credits for something this random that. Like, it was random and it made me second guess everything. Like I got right. it at the end of the original ending. It's like oh he put in the disc. It's like. Kyle shows up at the end after he plays the game. He's like, oh, that was giving people like aneurysms and stuff because it like messes with your brain waves. And it's mm-hmm. like, I get that. It could give off like supersonic, like whatever bullshit, like all that. Like, all right, I'm good there. Like it was a dream. He was messed up in the brain, whatever. But then when they throw in that dog carrying the foot, it's like, oh, so like it got him to murder the guy. But yeah, then the game ended. So it's and, just like it. it's it, I don't and know. Was the dog a good guy? Because remember during the neighborhood watch scene, that dog was there. Yeah, he like, leaves him alone every time. He he lets him escape pretty much both times that he runs into him. Yeah. So the dogs. The like neighbor. The neighborhood ally? watch scene. When when the guy catches him and then the pile of bricks falls on him and he dies. Yeah, that was a principle. <laughs> yeah. I got. Like, I finally got you. you I son got of a him. Bitch. Yeah, like that that made so much sense. You're you found the killer and you just bear hug him. Like probably bear hug him knife. into the wall. He probably has a knife on him if he's a killer. <laughs> so I'm just gonna like grab him. And Amazing. Then, yeah. And then the the bricks and fall. The pile on of him. foam bricks fall on him and he just he immediately yeah. dies. I think that something needed to happen to Frank Langella similar to that because i was gonna say maybe that should have happened to the detective but that was the principal and he did say that weird stuff at the beginning and you know was just kind yeah of it would overall have... an asshole so it's like okay yeah but this like, movie needed more violent deaths if it's rated r you know like make it something cool make it so he like falls back into like a pipe and the pipe like burst through his stomach and he like (laughs) it was like a house under construction right like you had so many options there like really with like the foam bricks that like barely like covered him and he's just gonna die from that the 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 bricks that were held up by a single piece of like plywood (laughs) yeah so safe (laughs) just have it be like a really cool death it's an r-rated horror movie like yeah we don't even we don't even see kyle get killed you don't see Kyle. I mean, we see that first murder. That was yeah, and that pretty scene was brutal. Pretty, that sets the scene, yeah, because that's a brutal kill scene. Like that's that that's vicious. kind of an, and then that's an eerie. They never scene. go back to it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. good because it's from like a, a first person POV. So it's got like got like a Strange Days type of vibe. You ever see that one, Strange Days? Yeah, with with uh, Ray Fine. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, that was like, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, that was an interesting one. That came out around mm-hmm. the same time. That movie is uh, loaded with superstars. 
Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of people in that one. And it's long, too. I remember putting that on recently, and it was just like, it kept going. And like, oh, I eventually that's just right. Out. I forgot it's about long. that. I think I it's like 240. Yeah. I used to have the DVD of that back in high school. I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, that's a great movie. That, that, that Arrow is like great for like genre sci-fi, but really bad for horror. This this movie really only has like a couple of horror scenes. I bet you agree. I think one of them is what you just mentioned, that kill. That's a mm-hmm. classic horror movie scene. And then the other one is when um, Furlong's dreaming. And he, like, wakes up and Kimberly's on top of him. Right. And she starts taking off her shirt and it cuts back to him. Then it cuts back and it's the guy he killed. Yeah. And that's... it's that's a that made me jump. That was a pretty terrifying scene. And the guy starts choking him out. It's like, okay, like, these this is like a horror movie. That, yeah, that was a good one. That actually that kind of got me, too. Yeah. But then the trickster comes back and he's like Tony the Tiger, basically. And it's like, oh, yeah, this this. This he's, guy. He's dancing this, this is supposed around. to be the horror movie. Yeah, he's dancing the Primus. He's watching the Three Stooges. Oh man. He's like yeah. he's like so fascinated by it. They they just have a scene where, you know, Eddie leaves the room and Trickster stays and he's just like so enamored by the TV. He turns it on, sits down and just watches the Three Stooges for like 10 seconds. <laughs> and there's no payoff at all. It's just him watching the three stooges. Like, yeah, we really what? needed that scene. Yeah, yeah. The, they've there was a lot of filler, like a, a lot of weird, like the How- the part that was jarring for me was when Furlong wakes up and takes a slug of the milk and he misses his <laughs> mouth completely, <laughs> and the milk just dumps all over him, and he takes a huge bite of his sandwich and it like he puts it all down. His face is drenched in milk. And it's just like dripping off him. He's like wiping it in his hair and like slicking his hair with the milk. I was like, Hold, whoa, like, do you think that was just Furlong making a choice or do you think that was all direction? I don't know who would make that choice because this was John Flynn. He's like an old time director. Serious director, like a real old school, dead serious, like really, really knows what he's doing guy you know you know what i think they had on set i think they had a 90s coordinator they had like no, yeah they must like someone someone who knows what's or or thinks he knows what's hip and yeah what the like, kids would do yeah it's like no you gotta have them do this and like they're probably like all right what kind of music would they listen to oh you know like White zombie, you know. Primus. Some, some Primus, you know. Soundtrack is actually really good. Yeah, movie. the soundtrack's cool. The song playing at the end when it's like the party scene. I, I like that one too. I forget what it is though. Um, I bought the soundtrack like right after the first time seeing the movie. And like I, I got to know the soundtrack pretty well because like I put it on my, this during the iPod era. Yep. Actually, actually, it was like the very end of like the put the CD in your Walkman. Uh, oh yeah, go going into the iPod error, but you know, I put the whole CD on the pod, and then I got to know like most of the songs pretty well. And then like when I went back to rewatch it, I was like, huh, mo- most of these songs are actually in the movie because sometimes you have these movie like soundtracks. 
like you get the CD and there's like one or two songs in the movie and then it's like oh the rest are songs inspired by the movie but this one like most of the soundtrack is like in the film and yeah. it's kind of it's and it's, it's like kind of like subtle in some parts and you're like oh okay that's where that song is in the movie it's yeah it's super subtle like it'll just be when he's like waking up and he's in his chair or when he's just like hanging in his place and Igor's taking his calls and like there's just like a little like song playing in the background that's pretty cool like there is definitely like a 90s coordinator like you're 100% right where it was like <laughs> Flynn gives the direction there he's like all right Ed you're gonna like wake up from brain scan and you're gonna be like shocked you're gonna be like exasperated like just like sit there and like just like react like yeah, you're exasperated yeah. in the 90s guys like okay so like what you actually mean is a kid in this situation he would wake up he would take the milk he would dump it on his face <laughs> like one of those gatorade commercials from back in the day he would pick up his sandwich and take a bite of like the middle of it while it all like crumbles around him he would throw that down and then he would just wipe all of the milk from his face into his hair and like that's that's like fucking bitchin that's rad so that's what we're gonna do and Flynn was probably just like ah fuck whatever dude like yeah you you suck anyway and did like another great plot point of this movie off like off screen is that Flynn hated Furlong didn't but, like him at all but uh, did you find did you see like anywhere like why he didn't like him or anything he thought he the, the quote was it was he was quoted he said mm -hmm. the problem with this like I have this is like just all this is not fair it's like not really exactly verbatim what the quote was but like i'm just kind of you know um just trying to pull it from memory he said something like yeah eddie furlong like he's a big star but he can't act and he's a dick and like i spent most of the time like trying to wake him up on set more so than like giving him like it was like something to that extent like I'm paraphrasing totally, but if you could read like if you read the quote, it's like oh wow he really didn't like this kid like he he straight up said like this kid sucks like uh, I, he's not, he can't act he's a dick. There wasn't it something like he, he would have to like slap him to like get him up or something like yeah that, that like, sounds about right yeah awake. it was yeah 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 because he's probably just like he's he's probably into drugs at this point right. Right, he, maybe like he's he's starting to go downhill a little bit. Like he's at the peak fame. Like this is when he's like absolutely like he's like probably one of the ten biggest like under thirty stars on the planet. Maybe even like the most. Mm-hmm. Like in this specific time, until like Dica like River Phoenix just died. Like DiCaprio's about to come around. So like mm -hmm. he's like he he was the guy from after River Phoenix died till DiCaprio kind of became a thing in the mid nineties. And, yeah, so I could see him just being a total douchebag on set. And he seems to have always had those problems. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, such a huge star, yet the best his agent can get him is brain scan. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, I wonder why, like, that was the choice. Like, maybe it was just because it was, like, the starring role in, like, a genre movie. They were probably like, oh, yeah. this has potential to be, like, the next Nightmare on Elm Street, like, franchise maybe. type thing, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's and, like, what they sold it, A big on. part of it probably was, like, it's John Flynn. Like, he's, like, at the time, not one of the biggest directors, but, like, pretty well respected. Like, he was coming off of 
the Steven Seagal movie out for justice. He's coming off a bestseller. I think he's coming off of the Christopher Walken movie, like right at this point, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's around that time. The, the TV movie that, yeah. So he's, he's like a pretty famous guy. He did like 20 years prior to this did rolling thunder. And so, and the out, the, the outfit, I think it's called was like a, a big one that people liked. I think that's Robert Duvall. Maybe Mm. I forget. But um, he was like a pretty famous director, so that probably played a lot of factor into it. And he just immediately hated him, which is hilarious. <laughs> and, and right before this movie, Eddie did uh, Pet Cemetery Two. Oh yeah, so he was like kind of, he's kind of on a horror. Kick. Yeah, he's probably a horror fan. Like it, right? Definitely is a horror fan. Yeah, I I feel like he is. I think he does horror conventions now. There's brain scan conventions? Oh, like he'll just go and... Well, no, like uh, horror okay. movie conventions, like nowadays he'll... Yeah. Meet Eddie from Terminator 2, but it'll be at like a a horror like convention or whatever. Man, that'd be um, weird seeing him. I wouldn't even know what to say. It'd be like, yeah, so you're in two of like my favorite movies of all time, but... I don't know how I feel about you, to be honest. His <laughs> he's big time. Like, if Crispin Glover was a '90s guy instead of an '80s guy, like Edward Furlong is like the grunge Crispin Glover, right? Isn't that like the perfect way to describe mm-hmm. him? With like the weird voice, like charismatic, yeah. like crazy face, but like superstar. But like this guy's a psychopath. Like he, that's like the. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Crispin Glover could have played both Michael and Kyle and been fantastic. So, Oh, my God. A young Crispin playing Michael. That would have been incredible. You, you killed her. Man. <laughs> Man. Man. <laughs> it would just be the River's Edge character, but it would literally just be the River's Edge character. Like, that's, but, like. Pretty much. Yeah, a little more, like, mellow. Man, that's hilarious, uh, Crispin Glover. That one, one can only dream. Yeah, seriously, that would have been that would have been something else. <laughs> Young Crispin as Michael and Brainscan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this movie ends with Michael having to kill Kimberly, but he doesn't. But he like goes to do it anyway. But then Trickster kind of like reveals his master plan, and then um. So have you seen the? alternate version of that scene i think it might just be a blu-ray thing no so you know all right so when michael shows up to kimberly's to kill her remember he shows up he's got like the green eyes like he trick like she's asleep there but then trickster and him get in a fight and then like trickster swallows him whole like (laughs) like a python like he literally opens his mouth to like the floor (laughs) and swallows michael and then it's like michael yeah great special effects so michael like falls into (laughs) it's like that 70s show like of him just like falling back into like the pit of trickster like just doing like the what and so after that instead of michael just getting up and being like his normal self they made it so it was like a stuart gordon movie like or like a brian yuzda movie where it's like a monster so it turned out like that that thing gets up instead of it just being michael it's a morphed version of michael and trickster 
So it's like a monster. It literally like looks like it's like a like a practical effects monster where it's like half Trickster's hair and face, and then half Michael's hair and face, and it's like a deformed monster. <laughs> I get. I'll send you the like. I'll play it on my DVD player and like send you the clip. But it's a it's a deleted scene, and like so it's it's not it's it's crazy. Like I was. I was like, this had to be in the movie. Like, this would have been an absolute home run. Because instead, it's just Michael that gets up with, like, green eyes. And, like, um, it doesn't really work well. But, like, this one, it was, like, he turned into, like, a morphed monster. And it was, like, incredible. And the girl is screaming and kicking it and kicks it off her. But, like, the sound isn't mixed. So there's no, like, it's, like, dead sound. So, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, right? It's just, it's just like, her scream. It's her screaming, but it's quiet. And you can you can hear her, like, yeah, exactly. You could hear her like just like kicking the dummy. Like there's no like there's no music to it or anything. And it is um I'll send it to you tonight and I highly recommend people buy the Blu-ray. Like the Blu-ray sales better blow up after this pod because the Blu-ray is really one of the best ones. Like that scene alone is I was like this I, it's amazing that they I could see why cuz they were probably like this is too crazy, but it was yeah. so cool. It would be right up your alley. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you you think that they probably would have thought it's too corny, or maybe maybe it, it seemed corny, like it. Yeah, it, it. But like with a little mastering and like a little more, just like touching up, like it could have been really cool. Because that was the whole point. It was like Michael's supposed to morph into the trickster, kind of like they're like it, it would have been like a cool monster thing, you know. And and it makes more sense in a movie like this where it's already ridiculous. Like I don't really need it to be practical. I need it to just like go to that next right. level yeah this, i mean like it was it was really it was it felt much more appropriate even unmastered yeah you already have trickster in the movie just keep getting more ridiculous with it yeah it was like... it was this crazy like big monster it was it was so <laughs> weird and I, I don't like it ends after she kicks him off the bed so i don't know like what happens after i would have loved if like frank langella came in and was like what <laughs> that'd have been great but yeah they, they cut it out so it's on the somewhere lost just sitting on the blu-rays that no uh, one has probably are there any other deleted scenes that were notable? No, that was it. But there is a behind the scenes of Trickster playing, like the guy who plays Trickster, T. Ryder Smith, just like in the full Trickster costume. Have you ever seen that guy in another movie? I don't think I. Nope. Why never. they they Not advertise once. him on the DVD no cover yeah. as if like he's a big star? He's like, yeah. I just remember it was like so Edward weird. Furlong, Franklin Jell. Jay right and then he get he he gets yeah he gets the and t rider smith as the trickster as like the credits which is like reserved for like the and samuel jackson or like right and yeah the big Walken, the like, big name and the supporting role yeah but then, yeah yeah that's i was like the first time i saw it i was like oh am i supposed to know who this guy is who is this crazy guy no, it, it was really, really <laughs> strange. I guess this plummeted his career, most likely. But I think, um, I think this movie plummeted a lot of career. I think a lot of people uh, lost the, lost employment, especially in the studio after this. Movie. Yeah, I think the studio just got bought out by Sony and just plummeted. Yeah. And then John Flynn died a couple years after it released. So, right. but there is a behind the scenes and you would love it. It's right up your alley. It's Edward Furlong 
trying to play Michael in like a behind the scenes thing, but not really. And T Rider Smith playing Trickster, like just doing the Trickster, but then like also kind of like just normal T Rider Smith, if that makes sense. And they're doing like bits where like there's one where like Edward Furlong drives onto the set and the Trickster runs outside with water, like a water gun and like um, a towel and jumps on Furlong's car and starts cleaning the windshield in Furlong, in the Trickster what? costume as the Trickster. It's crazy. And Furlong's like, get the fuck off my car, Trickster. And, and he's just rubbing the car. Oh, they're then, they're not they're not like doing a scene in the movie. They're just no, they're not doing a scene in the movie. It's behind the scenes. It's like a gag reel, but like <laughs> it's just them having fun. It's so so weird, and it's so not funny. Like I <laughs> I, I couldn't believe like he's just cleaning his windshield in on the studio what? lot. Like they're on like the Sony lot, and he's just cleaning his windshield. It's so weird in character. <laughs> and then he drives away, and then he reappears, and Furlong's like, oh, not again. And then he jumps up and cleans his car and is, like, asking for a tip. This time, It's super weird. And they do, like, an interview of each other in character, but Furlong, what? like, can't hold character. It's, yeah, it's it's really, really strange behind-the-scenes footage. That's really weird because, like, they didn't, they didn't have the DVD special features back then, so, like, you wonder what they were doing it for. It must have Maybe- been, like, promotional yeah because right? i think they were trying they were trying to make the trickster a thing like maybe they were <laughs> pivoting to him to be like they probably wanted him to be like a comedic horror villain that was the goal like he was going to be like late era freddy where he was like, right. just cracking jokes but yeah, um maybe they, but it didn't really like pan out because he wasn't funny like you said like he doesn't really crack any one-liners I don't know what they were thinking, like putting that <laughs> in a horror movie. That's the million dollar question. Yeah, like what were they thinking? The the horror genre is just so lost at this point. I wonder what. Yeah, like they didn't they didn't know what they, they were doing. <laughs> it was cult classics, you know? It was just all like right. cult movies. Like there was no like Yeah, it was, I don't know. I, I I really would love to like dive into more of like, like what the mindset was there that were like this was the move but like and i say that it's like weird talking about it like this because like we both love this movie so it's it's hard to explain you would have to think that someone was picturing like trickster becoming like a new icon like yeah like like the the studio exec is like you realize we're we're gonna have kids we're we're gonna make so much money selling trickster merchandise we're gonna have kids dressing up as trickster for Halloween oh my yeah that was the all goal. the like, all the, the trickster costume, masks yeah. mm-hmm. all the tricks yeah. the 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 hair we're gonna sell it all yeah like when was this move like I know when the year was I just want to know the date of when it was released. Because if it was like a Halloween time release, that tells you all you need to know. Now. It was oh, at least in April. That's kind of weird. Yeah. April 94. So maybe they're think because yeah, back then it ha- took like, a while yeah, for stuff to like come on video. That's maybe so true. they're like, oh, be on video by August. And that, and then uh, that, then the kids will see it, and then we'll we'll have all the the trickster merchandise 
like ready to go in stores, but then the movie bombed. Yeah, that's so true. My my like timing is all fucked up because of how it is now, where everything's so instant. But back then, it was probably better for them to have that like six month buffer so that they could get this movie into Blockbuster by October. I never understood why it would take so long for a movie to like become available on video, like. Because, like, it seemed like after, like, a a month or a month and a half, like, it's, like, done. It's not really in theaters anymore. Like, I don't know why. So I think, like, stuff, like, they wait till it's released officially, theatrically, to get, like, the full, like, squeeze for the box office. Like, because they need the box office data and, like, not the data, but, like, it's kind of, like, the primary way of measuring a success of a movie. And I think they wait till it's really like totally the the juice is squeezed essentially. It's, I, I, I'm just like I'm just right. making that assumption. That's kind of what I think, and I think that's the case. So it's usually I think back then what was it like four to six months usually? Yeah, it was a while. There, there's some movies would be over six months. That I remember like it being super frustrating. Theatrical release date. Like going to Blockbuster and not yeah. knowing because you, like, you wouldn't really know when it was going to be released in Blockbuster. So like I would go and be like, that movie was in theaters. It had to have been like six months ago, but they like still don't have it. And then you would go and it would be gone because like everyone would rent it on the first day of it being rented. It was that was a real weird time where like the movie you went for could have just been gone. But that also led to seeing I movies know. like this. So it's it's kind of a. Right, Give or that, take. that's why you would that that was probably like a pull to like get people to like go into the theater to see it because it's like oh if you don't see it now you're gonna have to wait nine months yeah you'll have to wait like nine months and then you might not even get it right away because like it'll be sold out yeah, of your block you'll have to wait a you'll have to wait an entire pregnancy for the the watch the movie on your Betamax at Yeah, home. or or you have to buy it. You have to either rent it or, like, wait to rent it, or you have to buy it, and then that's just, like, more revenue. So it's, like, the amount of money, like, the business was just so much more sustainable back then, and, like, it really doesn't make as much sense. Like, BrainScan probably, like, it didn't do well financially. It grossed only $1.7 million, which is really atrocious. But, um... What was, do, do you know what the budget was? Let's see. The budget was... Doesn't have it listed. They're probably too embarrassed. <laughs> I need to know this. We spent millions on the trickster. Yeah, the alone. trickster like costume and makeup alone was probably at least a hundred k. I had to have been. I would assume over a million. Oh, it, I yeah, I would say like maybe five to ten million. They. It doesn't movie. have it anywhere. Like, Maybe. yeah, there's really no. That's strange. They just have the box office worldwide, and yeah, there's the opening week. They, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably around like five. Oh, one thing, one thing's for sure. They had to have lost yeah, money. They definitely lost money <laughs> on this. <laughs> but like, this did not make a profit. But, like my, but maybe in DVD sales. Yeah, that's my yeah. point. Like in DVD, like maybe it did do well because like people would go to the movies, like the video store, and like this cover was really cool. Like it was a, it's a really cool poster and a really cool cover. Like it would catch me. You know, I, I would see this in 
Like if I was this age at that time I would, and I was just like browsing the video store, I'd be like, huh, I'll give this one a shot. So it maybe did do well yeah. as cult status. But it is funny. Like it, it went against New Nightmare. That's like the comparison it has on the numbers. And it got absolutely obliterated by New Nightmare. Oh, yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Yeah. You, yeah, you can't go up against Freddy. Yeah, they, they Trickster being the next horror. Trickster. Yeah, because Trickster doesn't kill people. He, he doesn't kill anyone. He's not real. Like, he's kind of just, like, poofing around, like, left and right. Like, he's just kind of like a like a computer program ghost thing. Mm-hmm. But the end is hilarious. You know... You know, he was also the voice of uh, the uh, the Yes Master, whoever. Oh, really? That guy uh, Igor? Was on his phone. Yeah, yeah, Igor. Igor. Yeah, that makes sense. They were like, "Oh shit, we don't have an Igor." T Rider, are you are you okay doing the voice for Igor? Hop in <laughs> yo, the studio. Yo, T, yeah. where where are you at? T, we need yes, you. Yes Master. God, that was so weird. It was like the like the scariest for like this this kid was gonna have real problems when he grew up. Like that was such a scary version of like Hal or like Alexa or it's like because it like its mouth moved when he talked. So creepy, so weird. How did he yeah. build that too? Like how did he do that? How do you do know, something like that? How do you but... make like a ro- how do you make a computer program like listen and talk to you in the nineties? That doesn't seem doesn't seem like that technology was around yet 90s technology in movies is just hilarious it's like people people had no idea what stuff was really capable of so they were just making things up the movie hackers oh yeah that's that's inc- that's an incredible film came out around this time yeah probably like a year later uh, I, I i don't think it, uh, there's probably maybe like one or two things out of the hundreds of computer programs that they have in that movie that are actually possible um but the, yeah they just they made stuff up with technology back then. even like in good movies too like enemy of the yeah, state yeah the technology is weird in there remember mission impossible 1 it was over the same year basically like a year later where mm-hmm. like that like it was mm-hmm. all like floppy disks and CD-ROMs and like the old school computers, but they like I remember those computers and those things did not move fast at all. And the computers in these movies they're like high no. speed internet, but like somehow in the nineties like there's no there there'd be like dial up and like super slow loading times and they don't have any of that. And and like whenever they would like blow up a. a picture on one of these old computers in the movies they'd be able to like zoom in to like the smallest like pixel and it would be perfectly clear like right when they every time i yeah yeah they i mean they were they were way off back then but you know it was new to them so they're just like whatever we'll just have a telephone that talks to our main character <laughs> it picks and yeah. answers this the phone assistant. and and it's base it, this movie is is like a, the that has the og siri yeah that is siri basically. that's basically what siri does is siri my siri doesn't pick up my phone calls for me and like talk to me when yeah. i'm getting a call or, or, or i can't tell siri to like block my or alexa it's like alexa yeah. i guess more like alexa yeah but like even alexa like 
she doesn't like you could tell her to rap and do stuff but like you can't tell her to do the stuff that igor was igor was at way ahead of his time if someone like steve jobs got his hands on like that igor technology for Mike, michael's probably like a billionaire now would be my guess if he's oh, inventing yeah. igor He's he probably had some stuff up his sleeve, but dude, I was just the trailer is on in the background. Holy cow, is that trailer something else? It has every for which trailer. Scanning. Oh, I, I don't even think dude, I've ever it seen has it. Has every important scene in it, basically. Really? <laughs> Does it like give away? It's the two plot, minutes long, basically? and it's basically like the entire movie, like just crunched into two minutes. <laughs> I I love those old trailers that basically just. Just give you the whole movie, except for the yeah. Very it's just the cliff notes of the entire movie. <laughs> and remember when you bought the old like I still have some of my old DVDs that still have those trailers, and well, pretty much all my DVDs. Oh still have yeah, those at the beginning, yeah, at the beginning where it's just trailers. That that's just a long lost art of the DVD. Like Blu-ray should just start doing that Did just you? for like just to be cool again because that was fucking all. like some. I'll put in some random movie and like it'll be like a trailer for like the Painted Veil. And like the, the yeah. these like crazy movies where it's like, oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, I know. When so, uh, some of them were annoying because you couldn't skip through them, like you had to fast forward through yep. the whole thing. It, it like the skip. It you'd try to do the skip button thing, and then you'd yeah, get the little the, red like, uh, stop like sign. The, the yeah, note, the little like red. Yeah, stop sign it's like know. what? It's like no. What are you talking about? You guys watch. And trailer. then they. And then they, there was uh, the one where they had the advertisement of like the the kid in uh, like a store like stealing oh, yeah, something. The like, one, oh, the you wouldn't yeah, steal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the anti theft one, and they're like copying a movie is stealing yeah, yeah. or it wasn't like buying like, a copy too it was like it was they went like to the next level too it was crazy it's these greedy movie execs they're like we, we gotta brainwash these kids into not pirating our movies to, because we need our we need our uh, money yeah i know the dvd market used to be awesome like i dvds are the it's just such an amazing art like to get like the deleted scenes and like interviews and like just like the collectible item like the trailers at the beginning like it's just all around just amazing like the home screen when like it loads up and you have to like play the movie as simple as that sounds like oh man it's just Mm -hmm. like i remember my sixth sense one like the sixth sense dvd is incredible because like the trailers are good. I forget what the trailers are, but it's 99, so it's or 2000, I mean. So it's probably like was it 99 or 2000? I think it was 99. Yeah, it was, it was 99. 99. So that was that was Touchstone. Yeah, it was Touchstone, which is Disney. So, so it had it had yeah. some like weird Disney yeah. ones. Like I think I I think like <laughs> remember the one with about like the the bald guy, the um oh, what's the, it was like the one by the guy who was the rapist, Victor Salvo, Salva, um God damn it! Well, oh, Jeepers it was the Creepers? Jeepers Creepers director. He did the movie about the um the bald uh, the the bald guy. The he has like the the no hair problem. I forget. But was it a horror? No, movie? It, was, it was a Touchstone movie. It was like a Disneyish like. It was like a. I'll look it up right now. Victor Salva. 
It's powder. No, that was 95, so I wonder what DVD that was. Powder? But, um... That guy's in... That guy's, like, a legit, like, Yeah, he's pedophile. a real, real pedophile, and he still makes <laughs> movies, which is classic. Yeah. Classic Hollywood. But, um... But anyway, so, like, the Sixth Sense DVD, it's, like, this, like, these great trailers. I forget what they were, but it was, like, Touchstone stuff, so it was pretty cool. And then it's, like, the creepiest, like, home screen, like, menu, home menu, where it's, like, the creepy music and, like, a little bit of movement in the background. And it's, like, if you fall asleep to the DVD, like, you wake up with, like, nightmares because, like, the DVD is still going on, like, the menu. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, that would happen to me so often. I had so many nightmares because of, like, the menus of movies. And it would literally, like, factor into my decision mm-hmm. for what movie I wanted to play when I was going to sleep because I didn't want to, like, wake up to, like, a crazy, like, home screen. No, nah, it was just an amazing time. Yeah, they, they really went all out with the, like, DVD menus back then because, like, it was a new technology. So they want they were, like, it, it was part of the advertising. They're like interactive menus. Yeah, and they had like the THX where, sound, like, so like the sound quality was incredible, mm-hmm. and like everything about it was really, really cool. Like, remember the THX intro thing where it would just be like that noise, just getting louder oh, yeah. and louder and louder. That was so sick. Oh yeah, so cool. I mean the the Blu-ray market. I mean, it's not like a huge like for like it's for like fans it's yeah for, horror like and cult fans yeah. it's it's yeah it's still around because and they're doing like a lot of limited editions for stuff yeah, like steelbooks yeah 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 uh, shout factory is the one that um did my brain scan oh they did brain scan okay yeah mm-hmm. so i think a lot of like because I don't even know how this is like how does brain scan get the blu-ray treatment it's it's really like you have to be a real cult status movie to like get that i guess but yeah maybe not there there's so um, many like random horror movies that like i i um i used to go on ebay to try and find like cheap horror blu-rays and it would just be these movies i've never heard of and i'd look them up on imdb and they'd have like maybe a hundred votes I'd be like, how does this? <laughs> how does this even have a Blu-ray? Like, yeah, what? So weird. Who would... like, has a devote? Like, they have like it has to be like a real like devoted audience, or else it's not even worth doing. Like, because they have to, like, to pull that from whatever, like, formatted format it was on before. Like, to reformat it to like fit Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it's like easy, right? Like, that's got to be like a process. Yeah, it's got to be. And then there's like there's some movies that like aren't on Blu-ray. Um, speaking of like Disney and Touchstone, Blood in Blood Out is oh my god, is that that's um, is not a Blu-ray, not on Blu-ray. Wow, because is that it, Jean-Claude Van Damme? No, no, no. That's uh no. This is uh i'm trying to think who the main uh well uh benjamin bratt is in it he's not exactly the main character it's though. the karate tournament one though right it's like the martial arts tournament and no this is like about like uh mexican gangs and like one of them goes to prison it's a crazy movie but touchtone did it and i mean um, they're disney so they don't really have any motivation to like 
re-release this on Blu-ray. Even though oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, I remember this. It's, it's uh, called Bound by Honor now. Uh, yeah, it, it's yep. uh, the, the the title is like it has like three different names. Yeah, uh, Taylor Hackford did it. He did uh, Devil's Advocate. Yeah, that's a crazy movie though. But it's only on DVD, and then wow, there's really? some movies that don't even have DVD. Um, it's only on VHS, like Michael Mann's The Keep from the 80s. Yeah, that'd be a good one to do. There's a lot of that's stuff a, we should do. Yeah, that's a really weird movie. That that would that would be right up our alley, doing that one. Well, any final thoughts on Brain Scan besides... Go yeah, go buy the Blu-ray now. It's fantastic. I don't like, Blu-ray I guess my final right now. thought would be like... It really is just... It's a bad movie, but it's a great movie. And, like, I try to get through the bad part quickly because, like, it's not a bad movie. It's If you just shut your brain off and enjoy it for what it is, it's awesome. The score is awesome. The performances are weird, but it's, like, entertaining. The story is dumb, but it's also entertaining. Like, there's a lot of stupid things going on at all times, like nonsensical plot points and, like, crazy, like, quotes and weird dialogue just all over the place and... A lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, but I just recommend it. It's really a great movie. <laughs>